0: We're so glad that you've tuned in to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Kendall Kearns, and I'm the student worship leader here at Rolling Hills. Today, we're bringing our series, The Greatest Adventure, to a close as we learn more about the legacy that Moses left. God used Moses in a mighty way, and He wants to use you too. We hope that today's message brings you encouragement and challenges you to live a life that leads a legacy for Jesus. Now here's Pastor Jeff.
1: I remember growing up as a kid going camping. You know, my dad would take me and we would usually go with other fathers and sons and go out to some beautiful place. And, and I remember as kids, you know, we were just so excited to be there. We were thinking about this great adventure that we were on and and we would run and try to find the creek and we'd try to find, you know, snakes or frogs or whatever. We would come back and we would set up the campground and I remember unpacking the backpacks and putting things out you know putting up the tents and, and and then finding some sticks and making a fire in the middle of the campground and, and and then at night oh at night man being outside and just laying on your back and looking up at the stars and thinking about the vastness of God and and my dad telling me right about God and what God had done in his life and just having these great conversations or or singing around the campfire and and then at night having s'mores, you know, roasting s'mores over the campfire. It was just so fun. And then packing up the next day. And I remember my dad all the time, he would say this as we packed up the tents the next day to go home and, and we're putting everything back together. And he'd always say this, leave it better than you found it. Leave it better than you found it. And I knew what he meant, right? Go around, pick up the trash, you know, make sure that whoever comes behind us enjoys this place. And it's better than, than what it was when we even got here. And, and think about that in your own life. You know, we have been on this journey, right? The whole the summer. We've been walking with the children of Israel on the greatest adventure. I mean, walking through Exodus, which means exit. And here, they are children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. And God delivered them. I mean, think about that. I mean, a million of. Two million people walking out of a country and God takes them on this amazing journey through the wilderness. God provides for them. God meets their needs. And each week we've been walking with them and seeing their story unfold, how God called Moses just like God calls us to be a part of this great adventure. We've been walking with them and seeing miracles happen. We've seen how God provides and God's leading them and taking them into the promised land. This land flowing with milk and honey. This land that they can't even dream or imagine how beautiful it's going to be. It's their own land. But the whole time, God was using it to prepare His people for bringing His Son, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And God, we are on that greatest adventure, right? When God calls us out of being slaves to sin, God delivers us when we were dead in our sins and our trespasses. God delivers us and makes us whole and makes us right through the grace of Jesus Christ, His Son, the Messiah. But God doesn't take us home immediately. It'd be great if we went to heaven. It'd be great if we'd just go to our promised land. But but God leads us on this greatest adventure. And on this journey of our life, on this journey of your life, God is pouring into you and teaching you so much. And then God calls us, right, to pass it on. God calls us to to leave it better than we found it. Moses, at the end of his life, begins to leave a legacy, this last badge, and he passes it on to Joshua. And he says to Joshua, who comes behind him, right, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Moses is saying, I want to leave it better than I found it. And you know, for all of us, that's our call. And you think about it in your own family. Are you leaving it better than you found it? You have a family tree. You have a family history that's been passed on to you for generations. And, and maybe there's some great things, but maybe there's some dysfunction. And maybe God's calling you to address that, to stand up and say, no, we're not passing this on to the next generation. We're going to leave it better than we found it. Maybe God's calling you, right, in the church. Hey, let's leave the church better than we found it. The church has survived. The church has thrived for 2,000 years, but this is our time. Let's leave it better than we found it. Let's pass on to the next generation for the glory of God, His church. Let's leave our nation. Let's leave this world better than we found it. Let's pass on a legacy. We're all leaving a legacy. You're leaving a legacy. I'm leaving a legacy every day, every day. The question becomes, what kind of legacy are we leaving? What are we passing on to those who come behind us? If you're a parent, you're passing it on to your children. If you're a grandparent to your your grandchildren, your aunt, you're an uncle, right? All of us are in a family somehow, some way. You're a single adult, a young adult, or you're a widow. You're, you're leaving God's church, but we're all leaving a legacy. Will you leave it better than you found it? Well, people look at you and say, wow, I want to unpack the, the wisdom and the experience and the, the glory of God that was seen in the person who went on before me. And I want to be better because of what God did in their life and the way they loved me and the way they invested in me. We're all leaving a legacy. And that's what we're going to talk about today. As we're all on this greatest adventure and God's leading us to a place that's better than we can imagine, let's leave a legacy for those who will come behind us and let's leave it better than we found it. Well, good morning, church family. Today we come to the conclusion of this series. It's been an incredible series this summer as we've been talking about the greatest adventure and I hope you've had your map and kind of got your stickers and we've been coming now to the last one. And we started this whole series, we talking about Moses, right? How he was born for a purpose. And how every one of us is born for a purpose. We're born for a reason, that God put us on this earth at this time in history for a reason, for a purpose. And Moses lived that out in his life. And God called him to go back and tell Pharaoh, let God's people go when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. And you think about the most powerful army in the world at that time. And they've got a million, two million slaves. And Moses is saying, hey, God said, let them go. And Pharaoh's like, no way, you know. <laughs> I'm not leaving these people. I mean, they're building everything we have, right? They're our economy. And, and God says, well, let me just show you who's God. And all the miracles that happened. And they walk out of Egypt, right, with ever firing a shot, with ever having to fight a battle. They just walked out because God delivered them. They come through the Red Sea and they're out in the wilderness and God sustains them provides for them manna and quail, water from a rock, and God's leading them to the promised land. This place flowing with milk and honey. This place that's more than they can even imagine, their own land. God's given them houses they didn't build and vineyards they didn't plant. And we come today to the end of this journey, right? And they're standing on the border, looking into the promised land. And Moses has led them faithfully all of these years. I mean, imagine 40 years in the wilderness, 40 years. Years, right? He has been leading them and pointing them to God. See, they came out of Egypt, right? Uh, But they had to get Egypt out of them because they were still looking at the Egyptian gods and God was saying, no, 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 I'm God. I want you to know me, I want you to trust me, I want you to follow me. And so we saw the 10 commandments, we saw the tabernacle, we saw God's provision and now they're getting ready to enter the promised land. And here's what God says through Moses to the people. Moses, here's your legacy. Pass it on. Prepare the people to walk in. You know, as we said, right, we're all leaving a legacy. Every one of us. The question becomes, what legacy are we leaving? You ever thought about that in your life? What are you passing on? What are people gonna remember about you and about your life? What would people say was important to you? Well, that's what we're gonna find out with Moses today. So if you have a Bible, I invite you open with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, so... Fifth book, Old Testament. If you're online, you go to Version or you go to the Rolling Hills app. We've been in Exodus, which means exit, right? They've exited out of Egypt. Now they're getting ready to go into the promised land. So we come to the last part of the law, the Torah, the Pentateuch, right? These first five books of the Old Testament. And you come to Deuteronomy chapter 30, Deuteronomy chapter 30, and here's what Moses says to the people. I mean, he says, verse 16, we're gonna pick up in Deuteronomy verse 16, He says, for I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands decrees, and the laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods, look at that, other gods, little g, other gods, right? No other gods before me and worship them I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heavens and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years In the land that he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, here's what Moses knew. Moses knew that the people would be dependent on God when they were in the wilderness. They didn't have any alternative, right? God, we need help. We need your provision. And all of us, when we go through difficult times, man, we cry out to God. We pray. But Moses also knew now they're going into a land where they're going to be successful. They're going to go into a land that God's going to give them houses they didn't build, vineyards they didn't plant. They are going to have you know, all kinds of cities. They're going to have wealth. And now Moses is like, guys, this is when you need to hold on to God. Because it's going to be easy for you to make those things your God. And you're going to look at those to satisfy you and meet all your needs. And you're going to forget about the one true God. It can happen in our lives, right? Many times it's success, success that we really have to be careful. Hold on to God in the middle of that so Moses is challenging them. It's almost like he's sending his kids off to college, right? You know, you're, you're going off. I want you to be prepared. I want you to be ready. I want you to know. And then look at chapter 31. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old. I mean, he's an old guy, right? I mean, 120 years old. And if you look at Moses' life, it's really broken up into three sections of 40. First 40 years in Egypt, he learns to read. He learns to write ends up writing these first five books, next 40 years in the wilderness, preparing to hear God's call in his life, and then the next 40 years leading. 120 years, I've led you for 120 years, and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord has said, and the Lord will do to them what he did to Shion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I've commanded you. Now be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Maybe you don't need to hear anything else today, just that. Be strong, be courageous, be courageous. Don't be afraid in the world we live in today. Don't be terrified. God won't forsake you. God is with you. God loves you with an everlasting love. Then Moses summoned Joshua. and Joshua was his right-hand man. and Joshua had been with him through all the battles the whole time, and he brings Joshua out in front of all the people. And he said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to his ancestors, to give them, and you must divide it among them as an inheritance. The Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. So this is succession planning at its finest, right? Moses is saying, I'm getting too old to lead, I can't take you into the land. Joshua, you're the one. I'm gonna bless you in front of the people. You lead the people into the land. If you keep going, Moses brings all the people together. He reads the law, these first five books. Then he has this time of worship. He praises God in chapter 32, chapter 33. He blesses all the people. He just prays over them, blesses them, encourages them. And then you come to the last chapter of Deuteronomy, chapter 34. Now, many biblical scholars believe Joshua probably wrote this because it's about Moses' death. But we come to the end of the story right here for Moses and it says, then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. And there the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. So Moses climbs up on the mountain, God says you can't go into the land, right? But but I want you just to see the land. I want you just to see how beautiful it is. Uh, Guys, we do a biblical study tour to Israel every couple of years. We'll go again in October of 22, and and we'll be looking at these places. This is where the children of Israel are today. This was taking place 3,400 years ago, and the people are still in this land. It's all right here. Isn't that incredible? Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor, but to this day no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, and yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. I mean, I imagine that. When Moses was up on the mountain, he was seeing God face to face. In fact, he would come down. It was called the Shekinah glory because Moses' face would radiate and they had to put a veil over it because it would shine because he was in the presence of God. He knew God face to face who did all the signs and wonders the Lord had sent him to do in Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to this whole land for no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. Wow. <laughs> I mean, what a life. And what a legacy. What a life and what a legacy. And that's my prayer for all of us, man. That we would live it, however many days we have on this earth, that we would live it all for the glory of God. Hey, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. If you're online, go to the Rolling Hills app and go to the notes section. But man, there is so much incredible truth for us today. It's relevant in our lives. Check this out. First of all, Moses prepares the people, Moses prepares the people. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're entering to possess. Moses prepares the people to live in the promised land. You know, Moses didn't get to the point and go, okay, God, I got the people here, I'm done. Peace out, right, I'm gonna get a vacation home here in the wilderness and just kinda kick back. You, know, and you can take it from here, right? It, Moses was like, no, I'm gonna be serving the Lord for every day that I have. I wanna make a difference. And God, I want them to be prepared when they go into the land. I want them to thrive. I want the next generation to flourish. Cause it's not just all about me, it's all about you, God. It's all about you. Moses prepares the people to live in the land. Our job is to prepare the people who come behind us. Now, we get that, right? I mean, if you're a parent or a grandparent, we get that, right? We gotta be preparing our kids. I remember seeing a onesie one time on this baby, and this little baby, and they had a onesie on it, and it said, I'm here to replace you. I was like, wow, thanks. (laughs) I don't know how to to handle that. But I mean, I guess it's true, right, at some point. But we've got to think about that, that we do have a job to do. And, And if you're a parent, grandparent, you're an aunt or an uncle, you're a part of this church. You're a single adult. I mean, we have a job to do, and it's not just that our kids can kick a soccer ball, that's great, right, or they can shoot a three-point, that's great, that's awesome, right, or do a pirouette, that's, that's great, that's wonderful, that's fine, but are they gonna be spiritual leaders? We're not here just to raise great kids. We're here to raise great adults. <laughs> you get that there's a difference, right? We want our kids to have fun, we want them to enjoy life, but we want them to flourish. We want them to be Leaders, we want them to be prepared when they go off to college, when they go off their job, their career, when they have their own kids. We want them to make a difference. And a lot of times they go, Well, man, I hate that my kids are growing up. And I do too. I just can't believe it. I'm watching them mature and grow. But I'm also thinking in my mind, Am I preparing them? Am I helping them to have that spiritual foundation? That's our job. See, Moses encourages the people to choose God. Moses didn't just go, okay, hey, we got to the border, I'm done, peace out, right? He didn't just get to the border and go, hey, you guys go have fun, woo, rock and roll, it's gonna be great, you guys are gonna love it. He says, no, 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 listen, I'm gonna set before you two options. (laughs) You know, I'm gonna set before you life and death, prosperity and destruction. I want you to choose God and hold on to him, even when you're successful. Hey, you've been growing up in him, you have a spiritual foundation, but when you go off, man, I want you to flourish I want you to flourish, because we start to understand, hey, they're gonna need the Lord. They're gonna need the Lord. And aren't you thankful in your life for the people who poured into you? Aren't you thankful in your life? Because a lot of times people look at, you know, they go, oh man, the world today, is just so bad, it's so difficult. Well, think about the people that went before us. I mean, they lived through world wars, right? They lived through Woodstock, you they know? <laughs> make love without war. Right? I mean, so every generation has challenges, but there were believers in that generation, Maybe your parents or your grandparents or people around you, your friends, that that poured into you and said, hey, you're going to face challenges that we're not going to face, but we want you to have a foundation in the Lord. And you're like, thank you, Lord, for those people in my life. And now listen, you're those people. (laughs) We're those people. And what are we pouring in to those who come behind us? I was in Cool Springs uh, on Friday and I was at the store and this lady needed some help uh, with her car. She came up and so she said, hey, can you help me with my car? And we struck up this conversation and and I said, I'll try, I'll help you. She goes, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor. And she goes, oh, well, okay. And I said, yeah, I don't know a whole lot about cars, but I'll pray over it, okay, will that help you? So God helped this car to start, you know. And so so we started talking. She just moved here recently, uh, you know, from Florida. And she's come up and she said, You know, wow, you're a pastor, that's great. She goes, "Um, You know, I didn't really grow up in church. uh, And so I have a 17 month old now. And she said, I realized about six months ago that I didn't know a whole lot about the Bible, but I started looking at my my child and I was thinking, How are they going to grow up in this world? And I knew that there had to be something more. And so I got a Bible and I started reading. And she said, I've been reading and, and I've got these questions. And I said, Well, where are you? And you're reading. And she goes, Well, I just read about Moses. I'm like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, God, divine appointment, right? So I'm like, You got to come to church on Sunday. So if you're here, hey, wherever you are, I'm glad you're here. But, but I thought in my mind, I was going, Here's this mom that starts to look and go, You know, wait a minute. My child, 17 months old, is gonna grow up. What kind of foundation are they gonna have? Are they gonna know truth? Are they gonna know right and wrong? How are they gonna flourish? And here's this mom who didn't grow up in church, who probably didn't even know the Lord, but she's like, I gotta get truth. And for all of us, for all of us, man, to understand that opportunity, that responsibility, and that calling that we have too to pour in to the next generation. Okay, look, Moses personally finishes well. I love this about Moses. I gotta tell you, he finishes well. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I'm now 120 years old, and I'm no longer able to lead you. We don't like to talk about dying, but it is a fact of life. You know, there's a lot of great books out there about how to live, you know, 10 you know, rules to success in life, and all these different books. There's not a lot of books about how to die well, okay? It's just not, we don't like to talk about it. We don't, right? It's just like a thing. But here's the deal. The mortality rate today, it's 100%. I mean, (laughs) every one of us, right, at some point. I mean, the only two things that are certain, right, death and taxes. It's going to happen at some point. And when that time comes, are we ready? And when that time comes, we may get 120 years. I mean, that would be incredible. Maybe I don't know, I mean, but we may get 100 years, we may get 80 years, but but whatever years we have, when that time comes for us, will we die well? Moses did. Moses stayed faithful to God for all 120 years. He didn't start off strong and go, I got the people out of Egypt, right, I'm done. He stayed strong. He stayed serving God. He stayed faithful to God, and God used him. In fact, his best ministry was like from 80 to 120, right? That was like the time that he thrived. But when he died, he died well. Moses fulfilled God's call in his life. And that's my prayer for all of us, every one of us. I want you to fulfill God's call because you were born at this time in history for a reason. You are put in the family you're in for a reason. You are here because God breathed the breath in you and created you for a time such as this. And Moses fulfilled it, and I pray that for every one of us. In your family, in your workplace, in your country, in every opportunity that we have to fulfill God's call in our lives. Moses grew deep in his own spiritual walk with the Lord. Moses didn't get to this point and go, you know what, I've read this before, I'm kind of done. Moses didn't get to this point and go, okay, you know what, I've walked with God for 80 years and I'm kind of done, you know, I'm gonna leave it to the next generation. He kept growing the Lord. He saw God face to face. Uh, Some of you, you know, you you have got a grandmother or a grandfather and you're just like, wow, they're wise. You know, (laughs) they're wise. Why? Because they've been walking with the Lord for a lot of years. They've been reading God's word. They've been faithful in church. They've been serving, they've been making it. You're like, they're wise. I want that for all of us. Every day, right? Even as we get up in our years, man, that we have a deep walk with the Lord. And because what comes is wisdom. What comes is peace. What comes is purpose. What comes is clarity. That we go, okay, I don't have to be stressed out all the time. I don't have to live in fear all the time. Because I've got this deep, personal walk with the Lord. I know what God wants me to do. I know what God's called me to do. Moses did that. Hey, Moses blesses all those around him. I love that whole part where he just blesses the tribes. He didn't blast them, right? He didn't get to the end of his days and go, you guys were a bunch of complainers and whiners. You made my life miserable. No, no, no. He gets to the end of his life and he's like, I just wanna bless you. I wanna encourage you. I want you to be fulfilled. I want you to thrive. I love that about him. You know, as a pastor, I've... um, I've been in a lot of hospital rooms when uh, people are passing from this life to the next. Uh, some family, you know, a lot of, lot of people. And I remember when my dad uh, was on hospice and I remember the first time the hospice nurse walked in and, and our whole family was gathered in there and, and the hospice nurse walked in and she goes, y'all are, y'all are Christians, aren't you? And I said, yeah, how'd you know? And she goes, there's just a piece. She goes, I walk into some rooms and man, there's so much fear and, and anger and, and she goes, but then there's other rooms, I walk in and there's peace, and she goes, there's, there's peace in here. And I, I gotta tell you, I've been in hospital rooms when, when people are there, and the Bible says, how precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. And I always thought, that, that's kind of a weird verb. Right? What does that mean? But then when I've been in those rooms, and you've been with people in their 80s and their 90s, you know, who've just lived it well, and their families, and, and there's grief, right, because there's tears, but at the same time, you're just going, thank you, you did great, it, and the family's getting along, right? There's people from church there, and we're praying together, we're singing worship songs together, telling stories and laughing, and, and then there's that time when, when they, just, they just move from this life to the next life. It, it's just this peace, and you look at their body after their spirit's gone, and you go, they're not there. I mean, like, you at, it, they're not there. I mean, you can so clearly see it, and their spirit is moved on and you just go god thank you for their life i'm going to miss them I, I don't know i'm going to make it without them but but god thank you for the difference and there's this peace that i pray all of us have when it comes to that moment of knowing that god is with me that i'm going home to heaven my eternal home my promised land god's taking me there and i'm ready and i'm at peace with god i'm at peace with my family my friends we're not sitting there fighting over money or will I mean, we're we're at peace and we're at peace Myself. God, I wasn't perfect. Moses wasn't perfect. He made mistakes. He couldn't go in the promised land because of his anger issues, right? I mean, he wasn't perfect at all, but he was at peace with God, at peace with others, at peace with himself, and he died well. And God took him home. And he left a legacy for all of us. He blessed those around him. Hey, check this out. Moses leaves us a mega, amazing legacy for the glory of God. Now, Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom. Look, why? Because Moses had laid his hands on him. (laughs) So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses intentionally invested in the next generation. Moses didn't go, you know what, I'm done, right? I don't have anything to offer. You know, you guys figure it out. Good luck. Moses was like intentional, even at 120 years old. Hey, Joshua, come here. Joshua, come here, I wanna I want bless you in front of everybody. I'm not competing with you, I don't know who gets the attention. I want you to thrive. God's gonna take care of me. I want you to thrive. Hey, we're all called to invest in that next generation. <laughs> and being a part of this church, you're investing in the next generation. All of us raising up spiritual leaders. Moses handed off the leadership to Joshua. Who's your Joshua. We all have a Joshua, right? We should. If you're a parent, you naturally have some Joshua's right there in your home. If you're a grandparent, if you're an aunt, you're an uncle, you're a leader at church, you got Joshua's, you have maybe at work. There's some people that you need to pour into. There's people that you need to invest in. Who is that Joshua for you? Moses left it better than he found it. (laughs) He left it better than he found it. And for every one of us, are we gonna leave our family better than we found it? Maybe there's been dysfunctions passed on. Maybe it just stops. When you say, listen, it stops. Our family tree stops. The anger issues, the alcoholism, listen, the abuse stops here. I'm not passing that on. What I'm gonna do is pass on Christ, pass on hope, pass on truth. I'm gonna leave God's church better than we found it. In our day, in our generation, God's entrusted church. We're just gonna be better than found. It. We're gonna leave our nation. We're gonna leave this world. We're gonna leave everything better than we found it hey, we're gonna leave a legacy for the glory of God. So what legacy are you leaving? What legacy are you leaving? You know, as a church, you know, this has been an incredible summer. We've had 1,000 plus kids and students at camps. We've just seen so many baptisms. It has been awesome. And two weeks ago, we had a big kids camp that was here, a a Rolling Hills kids camp, over 400 kids, elementary kids, and, and, and Connect Ministries ran that camp for us, and, and Connect came out of Rolling Hills, which is pretty incredible. So 18 years ago when we started as a church, we had 15 people. And one of the families in our church was people, Ken and Norma Thomas. And they had our first two kids. I mean, like our we had the kids' ministry in our apartment because we had a Bible study in an apartment clubhouse. And so we would have kids over in our apartment. And the first two kids were their kids. And I just want you to hear and see a little bit of the legacy that you as a church. I've invested in with your prayers, your giving, your serving, and the difference you're making. But watch what God's doing around the world. Check this out. Well, it's great to be sitting here with you, Ken Thomas, you're an amazing man of God, and I'm just so thankful for you. And you and Norma were like some of the first people ever to Rolling Hills. I mean, we're meeting in the apartment clubhouse, and you came with your family when we had 15 people. You had two kids. I mean, there's Nathan and Anna. I mean, just think about, it. they were the first two kids ever at Rolling Hills. And uh, all that God has done has been incredible, you yes. know?
2: It's been amazing yeah. to think about that. And even just being here this week and seeing all that God is doing through Rolling Hills Community Church is just mind boggling to think about.
1: Ken, you, uh, you man, had this vision then to, you know, we do a three on three basketball tournament and reach our community for Christ. and and talk about that whole journey.
2: Uh, we said, let's do a basketball tournament. And we did, we did it in Cool Springs and it was so much fun. But after doing that for several years and being a part of, of Roland Hills Community Church, God led uh, Norma and I and Gabe and Allison who are also a part of Rolling Hills to, to branch out and to start a nonprofit called Connect Ministries that would be focused on helping the church meet new people. And so, in a very real way, Roland Hills Community Church is the organization the church that really sent us out. There'll be camps in 13 different states this summer. Uh, There'll be 6,000 campers uh, that will attend camp this this year uh, in 36 different communities, uh, working with probably just over 100 different churches.
1: There's also all these college students, these connect leaders that are here. How many students do you have leading out all over? There's about
2: 80 summer staff that work with Connect Camps during the summer and they're from, man, literally coast to coast. It's inspiring to me to see how God is raising up new leadership uh, in His church. And so if, you know, you're listening today and you have a college student, (laughs) hey, encourage them to come to Connect Camps because we'll develop and lead them and give them opportunity to grow in their walk with Christ. And ultimately, find themselves back in a local church in the fall where we're encouraging them to serve, not just during the summer, but all year long.
1: We're talking about legacy today. And, and what's amazing to me as you think about that young boy that you dropped off at our apartment, you know, at Rolling Hills, tell us about what happened to him and tell us about his story. Well, Nathan was
2: that young boy who we dropped off. Man, we're just super proud of the young man that he is and who he's becoming and uh, it's a privilege that I get to work with him
1: now. Here's Nathan, and here he is leading the camp. He is the camp director. Nate, we're just so proud of you, you know, and what God's done in your life, and we want you to know you've got a whole church that loves you and believes in you. And and just tell us about your experience about leading and connect, and what God's doing this summer.
3: Yeah, it was, I've always wanted to work camp. A couple summers ago, I worked for the first time, and I was like, maybe I want to work camp for a really, really long time. So I just took it one step at a time um, and just, was where the Lord wanted me to be that summer as a rec director and now serving as a camp director. And it's been so special to be back here at Rolling Hills. I was going to run an errand and pass the place where I went to camp for the first time. And it just kind of reminded me of, of why I do camp. Um, and that is for campers like me who just need a little bit more engagement outside to meet, to meet Jesus. And so it's been really cool just to see that story play out over and over again this summer and even more special to see it here.
1: What is your prayer for camp and for all these kids that are you're leading right now?
3: Yeah, well, I kind of see it two sides. One, we want to help families get involved in the life of a local church. That's why we go to 36 cities across the country. Um, but second, as, as a camp director, I care for my staff. And so I want to see them be leaders in the church whenever they go back in the fall. And so that's something that we're talking about a lot right now is this is kind of just like We're we're in training. We are serving every day, and we're serving campers every day, so that whenever we go back to our communities that we all that we all come from, we can do that again at our school um, and in the churches back home.
1: Sitting here next to your son and watching him be the leader and the man that he is, what what do you think about when you think about legacy? For Nathan, one of the things
2: that I've shared with him for a long time is that I want him to be the person that God has made him to be. I'm going to do the very best I can do to model Christ, but I'm not perfect. He can't look to me. For perfection, but he can look to the Father for perfection. And if I can help him continue to think about his relationship with the Lord, uh, then that would be a legacy that I would be certainly uh,
1: proud of if I could leave that legacy with him. Ken, if I could just ask you, you know, you were there in the beginning, 15 people, apartment, clubhouse, your family, and and now where God's brought the church today. What would your prayer be for us today? Well, my prayer
2: for Rolling Hills Community Church, well, which will always be a special church for Norma and I and our family, would be that it stay on mission. It stay on mission. God has done unbelievable work through Rolling Hills Community Church. It's mind blowing. And I think that's how God has continued to honor and, and bless Rolling Hills Community Church because it stayed on mission about reaching people with the message of Christ. And my prayer for the church, don't lose sight of the mission because the mission is what has gotten this far and will
1: continue it into the future. Well, I want you to know as a church, we're so proud of both of you guys and what God's doing through you, through Connect, through your family uh, to impact this whole country for Christ. And God's doing a mighty work. And we're praying for you. We're cheering you on. And just so proud to serve God with you. And Nathan, we're so proud of you. You know, from that little boy in the apartment <laughs> clubhouse to the man you are today. And God's going to do amazing things through you. and the generation that he's raising up, the spiritual leaders, and it's you. And you're making that difference in your prayers and your serving and just investing in the next generation. And you're changing hearts and lives. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said, life's most persistent and urgent question is this, what are you doing for others? What are you doing for others? And as you look at your life, we can get so busy making it about us and we get so busy just trying to meet all of our needs, but, but when we look out we go, you know what, what am I doing for others? What difference am I making? We're on this greatest adventure. We're living that life. And you know, we've seen this spiritual parallel when the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt, how God sent a deliverer, Moses. But for all of us, when we were slaves to sin, when we were dead in our sins and our transgressions, God sent a deliverer to us, his son, Jesus. His son, Jesus, who made a way for us to have eternal life. And when we come to know Christ, we have this great adventure of living life every day. And one day we'll go to heaven. And one day for all eternity we'll be with God. But right now we're living here. You know, when you look at a tombstone, there's there's two dates. There's <laughs> when you were born, there's when you die. But guys, we're living in the dash. We're living in the dash. It's the great adventure of us making an impact, and making a difference, and growing deeper in our faith, and stronger in our love, and pouring in, and leaving a legacy. And whenever God calls us home, that we're ready. We're saying yes, stepping forward into the arms of Jesus. And so this morning, as we conclude this series, I just want to invite you to take the communion elements. And we're going to share together today. If you're online, I want to invite you to go to the kitchen and get some bread, or, or a glass of wine, and the great juice and to come together. But there's no greater way to celebrate what God's doing in our lives than sharing this communion together. You know, Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he brought his disciples together to share the Passover meal. If you, if you need the communion elements, just kind of raise your hand and we've got some ushers that'll bring it to you right now that you can share together. But when he brought his disciples together, man, they all came to share that Passover meal, which started back in the wilderness. Which started right there as God was freeing his people and God said, hey, you make this every year. The Passover where I sent the death angel in Egypt, hey, you make this every year. And they did it every year, starting in the wilderness. They said, every year, we're gonna celebrate, we're gonna celebrate what God has done. And so Jesus brings his disciples together and they're looking around and they're like, well, there's always been a Passover lamb. Where's the lamb? And Jesus goes, I am the lamb. <laughs> I am the lamb. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so Jesus took the bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, broken for you. Think about that for a moment, broken for you. Not just for the Jews, not just for the world, but for you, personal. Jesus took your place, Jesus paid your price. So that you and I could have eternal life. Take and eat in remembrance of Him. <laughs> and after supper, He took the cup. He said, This is the new covenant. Before, you were under the old covenant, right? Remember the laws, the Ten Commandments, all that you messed up, you were out. But now there's a the new covenant of grace. God's grace, when you mess up, there's forgiveness. Whatever you've done in the past, don't let the past define you, let Christ define you. Let Christ define you today. His grace, his mercy, take and drink in remembrance of him. For when you eat this bread, you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That Jesus is our legacy, Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our redeemer. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our deliverer. Jesus is the one who brings us hope and life and peace in both this life and the life to come. And Jesus is here right now, today. I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. What legacy are you leaving? If God were to call you home today, what would people remember about you? But they remember that you love the Lord. They remember joy and peace, hope. Maybe there's some things you go, man, I need to change this in my heart my life. Maybe there's too much worry or fear. Maybe I'm passing that on. So Father God, meet us right now in this moment. God, search our hearts, our souls, our spirit, Father, If there's anything that's not of you, God, take it captive. If there's any area of our life where fear or worry is consuming us, God, we just bring it to you. If there's any place that we just want to quit and stop or we've made it about us, God, we just give it to you. Jesus, you're our cornerstone. You're our rock. You're our redeemer. You are enough for us. So God, meet us right here in this moment as we worship you, challenge us, change us, for your name and for your glory. And it's your name that we continue to pray and we worship right now.
0: Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.